Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of Tom Hanks movies Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank Hey Jamie, don't be so mad Take a sad podcast and make it better. Remember to let Al into your heart, and then we can start to make it better. Hey, Jamie, don't be afraid. You were made to go watch Tom Hanks films. The minute you let him under your skin, then those films begin to kind of seem better. Hello and welcome to Hanks Fank, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks' entire MDB. I'm Jamie Loxon and with me as always is my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. Uh, Jamie, I'm not sure we took a second to recognise the genius of my work there. You see, I, uh, yeah, no, I did no. a play on the classic Beatles song, Hey Jude, because this movie we're watching today is a play on the Beatles. Yes, yeah, no, 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 no. Right. It, was, it, was very, it was very very clever and you... you sort of changed the lyrics it was it was it was really really impressive uh now of course uh you may have well have been especially with the don't be sad at the beginning uh referencing uh our don't be so don't mad to... oh don't be so mad sorry mad. yes even yeah. even more even more referencing that uh the, the the episode from last week uh i don't want to call it a failed episode but um mm. the the missing episode uh for sure. anyone who didn't listen to our episode last week um uh al uh very very dutifully um did didn't didn't save his recording it oh. it just wasn't it i i got oh. i got an email i got an email and normally he'll email me over his audio yeah. um and normally yeah. it'll be about two days after recording but it's yeah. fine um and so i'll get that i got that email uh, and i tried to open it and it was an audio file that was a uh, four kilobytes large mm-hmm. uh now don't know if anyone knows anything about audio, but uh, a podcast which, especially like ours, runs for, oh, way too long. Um, oh. Generally a little bit uh, larger than four kilobytes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did uh, have to record a, um, a a make good episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was about 10 minutes last week, which I don't blame anyone for not listening to. I mean, fair enough. Uh, but Jamie, I think we need to, you know, look, I, I know, hey, I'm a fun patsy. But uh, let's not ignore the facts, all right? Uh, it's not that I lost the episode. It's that we were censored. The episode, the lost <laughs> tape, as we shall call it, was too hot for TV. That's right. It, we would not legally be able to put it on TV. We said some very, very slanderous things about Elvis Presley. We disclosed the uh, location of our secret buried treasure, the Queen's secret buried treasure, and Boris Johnson's secret buried treasure. Uh, and then we also called for a populist uprising. And I guess the government thought we shouldn't put that on the air. Boo-hoo. That's right. We're radicalizing all you guys into what? Into downloading all these episodes of the podcast. Do it now. Ah, so, so that's why you didn't save your audio. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you very much for clearing it up. Uh, but, you know, despite that, um, I and I don't, I didn't know, I didn't know you were going to open with, with, I'll call it a song parody, but, yeah. you know. maybe a poem it was more of a poem you know didn't have the music but Mm. I also uh, have a song parody so we're really we're really hearkening back to our early days of Hanks Bank and again I don't mean to play you up but 
now that we are using Zoom and mm-hmm. now that we uh, have a little bit more technology, we should be able to have this work a little bit better because what wow. I will be able to do is do a lovely share my screen and uh, and play the backing track for you so that you'll be able to hear the backing track while I sing uh-huh. uh, okay. badly. Um, and then I'll edit that backing track into the... Um, the the audio uh, so it's going to be a, a better experience all round for everyone except for my singing of course um, now for, uh, firstly I would like to say I paid two pounds for this backing track <laughs> so I've really really gone uh, to the extra effort um, mm-hmm. and I would uh, also uh, like to say uh, well firstly I would like to check you you know the song Grace by uh, by Lewis Capaldi no. Oh, I'm sure you do. It goes, I'm not ready to be just another of your mistakes. It's that one. That one. Yeah, I just wanted to sing that little bit so that um, when I so amazingly parody this song, people already know which song it is. Is that Um, about the girl from Love Island? uh, It's the one that people thought was going to be about the girl from Love Island, uh, but it was actually turned out to be about his grandma. Um, Now this, uh, Yeah, I know, right? Um, um, Yeah. um, Yeah. uh, but yeah, no, this isn't about um, Lois Capaldi's grandma or uh, the girl of Love Island. Uh, this mistakes. is just um, all her mistakes. Uh, this is more about your mistakes, Al. Uh, so uh, here we go. Here's here's Jamie in. The, I'm just here's a message for Jamie in the edit room. I'm clicking play now. I'm not ready to record another podcast today. I can't seem to edit for long enough. I just wanted the sound of your pole. All you had to do was record and stop. But only my voice did I find. <laughs> I'm not ready to record another podcast today. Don't wanna let the listeners know our mistakes. This would have never happened if you had not gone away. Do me a favor, Al, next time, and please click save. Click save. Click save. Don't lose it again. Click save. Click save. Click save. Don't lose it again. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so. So that so that was it. I'll stop sharing screen. I also completely lost uh, lost the tune uh, right around the middle of the chorus there. But um, yeah, yeah, that that was my song. What did you think? What's funny is that although the lyrics make it sound like it's about me, it's really about your grandma, which I appreciate. <laughs> you know, I don't know how it's about your grandma, but somehow it is. Yeah, maybe have a secret um, second podcast with Granny Jones. Absolutely. I, I would like to say that while I have referenced that I stumbled through the chorus there, uh, I did pre-record ahead of time uh, a, a like clean version in case it went terribly live. Uh, so yeah. if if I didn't stumble through the chorus, you know that in the edit room, I got very self-conscious about my performance of that song and just surreptitiously slipped in the pre-recorded version instead. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a while since we've done one of those song parodies. It was well good fun. Is, so so there's there's a good thing for for that comes out of your um your no. mistakes is that <laughs> me me and my girlfriend on our daily government sanctioned walk the other day walked around <laughs> workshopping lyrics for that song. You know, I'm glad I can bring people together in these difficult times. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely. a gift of mine. What can I say? Absolutely. I I also uh, have been have been struggling with the. Um, 
the fact that yeah i i, I cannot sing um, and I especially struggle uh, with with keeping on any sort of beat. So anytime the uh, the track is is played underneath, it immediately goes out the window. Whereas when I'm singing by myself, I think it sounds great. Um, but I've been trying to delicately balance uh, the trying to not make it seem like I've made a lot of effort mm-hmm. because the the end product is still kind of shit. So I need to make it seem <laughs> like I have like it's so totally casual that I haven't worked that hard on it. And that's a really tough uh, without making it sound like too shit like for example in the past when i just played it out of a speaker into the microphone and it sounded awful but now that i've gone to the effort of buying a backing track and then singing over that and then editing that in it really needs to be better than it currently is al i need to bring in a lyricist that's the issue here i've 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 not a lyricist a vocalist i'm a fantastic <laughs> lyricist i've got i'm i've got the, the the song parody down it's just uh, my own technological performances let me down can you not get our dear friend musical miles uh to maybe do a little backing track for you to to record some under vocals uh so firstly uh the fact that um we are in quarantine and Mm -hmm. i own the microphone and he doesn't would uh would make that partially difficult uh and secondly the fact that um i already feel like i'm enough of a burden on my friends Anyway, goodness gracious, Al, how has your week been? <laughs> Have we said hello and welcome to Hank's back yet? Yes, yeah, remember I did it right at the beginning. I did it right at the beginning, right after oh, your song parody. Oh, that's how I yeah. am. Um, that's yeah. how I am. That makes sense. That's how I am. Uh, you know, keeping on, keeping on. Google Stadia has given out two free months of their pro service, so I've been playing a lot of Destiny 2, my friend. Never was interested before, but now it's free, and it turns out, really fun game. So I've been playing a lot of Destiny 2. Exciting. That's about I've it, been playing yeah. uh, Final Fantasy 7, which came out How is uh, it? last week. Well, I'm enjoying it. I don't have any mm. nostalgia for Final Fantasy 7, whereas uh, because I didn't play it as a kid. Uh, whereas I've learned that a lot of nerds on the internet uh, are really angry about it uh, really? because they changed something about the story or something. I haven't got to that part yet, but um, I'm I'm imagining that I won't care as much because I don't mm. have as much nostalgia for, for the original game. And yeah. also I feel like I'm actually actively going to enjoy it more because I know that it annoyed a bunch of nerds on the internet. What I what I love about the internet is that like all I've heard about it is this game is fucking fantastic, and all you've heard about it is this game sucks, and that's the internet. It's just you can hear two like aggressively opposite opinions about something and never know the other opinion exists, uh, and that explains most of our problems in the world. Yes, yes, absolutely. Right. Uh, so goodness gracious, uh, who are we? We are the show that chronology reviews Tom Hanks' entire MDB. Of course, we are, but also. There's a bunch of aliens. Um, I'm not going to go into it too much because uh, I've got a date with my girlfriend uh, after this. We're, we we are we are using uh, quarantine to make sure we still have date nights, uh, and we are recording two podcasts back to back due to the aforementioned uh, errors of Al's ways. Uh, so fucking listen to another episode if you want to hear about the aliens. There's a bunch of aliens. They're trying to invade us, and we're trying to join the United States of space. Who gives a shit? No one cares. All you care about is the Russells too. Can't buy me lunch. That's the much more important thing for everyone right now just just to say guys jamie's really underplaying uh, his ability here he has proven himself to be a christ-like figure to the uh, baby yodas but of course, yes, of course i took the crown from him being the antichrist of the baby yodas as i am and now they worship at my altar and that's all you really need to know also tom hanks is a ghost possessed by no tom hanks is possessed by the ghost of warren g harding <laughs> Duh, yes, I, I, forget that. I don't think tom hanks is a ghost um 
uh yeah how do you know so yeah that's all you need to know uh and for anyone who hasn't listened before of course when we do review something we give a little bit of historical context and then we give a little bit of show context we tell you a little about what was going on in the world at the time so you have a bit of idea of the culture in which created this monstrosity uh mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. uh we tell you a little bit about the show itself a little bit of background fun facts we've read the wikipedia page get the fuck off our dicks so uh, anyone who's listened to the last uh, three episodes uh we've been doing a um we've had about four things that were released in the year 2004 so uh hearkening back to a classic hanks bank bit al has been gearing up to give me a quiz on 2004 now previously he would have been also giving that quiz to the audience uh, and you guys would have also been uh, listening out for some of the fun facts about 2004 so you can answer questions on them later but now uh, one third of those are hidden behind a lost episode that only i know uh, so uh, you'll just have to trust me uh, to to be uh, an advocate for the audience and play on their behalf good stuff um, so I got six questions because that's the best oh, number great. of questions to have for a quiz. I, I thought I'd keep it short and snappy. So uh, one and Jamie, of course, this is uh, pass or fail. Uh, you have okay, to hit okay. an arbitrary number of questions correct that I have set, and if you don't pass that, then of course you are bad at quizzes and questions in general. I, I uh, thought I thought we were going off the same stakes it was last time, which is if I fail, I'm kicked off the podcast. <laughs> oh, that is true. I'll bring in someone. That's a good point. I'll still I'll go get Miles to come over, break quarantine, and steal your microphone. Uh, okay, so on what day was the RMS Queen Mary 2 christened? On what day? Yeah. I'm supposed to remember the fucking day! What? Uh, It'd be very easy to get the year, wouldn't it? It's <laughs> January 1st. That was incorrect. The uh, correct answer was January 8th. Oh, I mean, I was pretty close, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the social network that Mark Zuckerberg founds in this year called? The Facebook. Damn it. All right, you got one right. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen fucking social network. <laughs> I remember that one joke. The EU expands by how many member states in the year 2004? Oh, 13. Incorrect. 10. Oh. Uh, where did the European Song Contest take place? Hungary. Istanbul. Fuck. <laughs> okay, question five. So if I got one correct. I, I, yep, I forgot that Eurovision is held in cities, not in an entire country. God damn it. Right. <laughs> Who played the Super Bowl halftime show? Uh, uh, um, uh, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. Okay, so you got two correct. Now, Jamie. Yay! It's the titty one! It's the titty one! I remember it! <laughs> We're going to question six then uh, to decide whether or not you get to remain on this podcast. Of course, okay, we're playing sick. for all the marbles today, Jamie. Uh, earlier today, you uh, claimed that uh, Tom Hanks is not a ghost. I ask you, have you touched him? Have I touched Tom Hanks? Uh, physically yes. or or emotionally? Have you physically touched Tom Hanks to prove he's okay. not a ghost? Okay. I, I have definitely touched him emotionally. I changed his IMDb. I'm a very important factor in his life. But... I have not physically touched him, no. Okay, that is correct, Jamie. You don't know he's not a ghost, all right? We have no proof that he's not a ghost. Uh, so that's three out of three, which of course means you get a stay on the podcast. We have a low Yay! bar here. <laughs> yes, of course. Thank you very much for my quiz. Uh, and I'm looking forward to learning more about 2005 next uh, uh, next week. So, Aren't you going to tell me about 2005? <laughs> Okay, yeah, no, I, yeah, but well, I'm going to learn about it, and then I'm going to tell you about it. Duh, I remember how this podcast works. Um, right, uh, so, yeah, this, 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 this film. Uh, this film is called The Rolls 2 Can't Buy Me Lunch. Uh, before I give you a little few fun facts about it, uh, we always run down a little bit of a concept to it. 
Um, it's a mockumentary about the Beatles. That's it. It tracks. It sort of tracks the entire Beatles career, but they're not called the Beatles. They're called the Ruttles. Um, that's all you need to know. But there are a lot of weird things about this. So, of course, this is called The Ruttles 2, Can't Buy Me Lunch. Uh, it is a sequel to the original Ruttles film, uh, which is called All You Need Is Cash, which was released in 1978. Now, there's a few really weird things about this film. Firstly, the fact that uh, it's it's not really a sequel. So a lot of this film includes footage that they originally shot for that mm. 1978 uh, documentary and more includes like outtakes and it's like retooled footage. If anyone's seen like that, like weird Anchorman uh, sequel, that's not the actual Anchorman sequel, but the one that uses all the stuff that was cut out to tell a new movie. I believe it's called um, Wake Up Ron Burgundy. Yes, that one. Thank you very much. It's sort of like that. Uh, as I said, the original one was made in 1978. This one was made uh, in... Well, I'll get to when it was made because there's also uncertainty about that as well. Um, but in remaking it, Eric Idle, who anyone who doesn't know Eric Idle, uh, one of the original founding members of Monty Python, huge famous mm. uh, comedian uh, in his own right, uh, didn't contact any of the other original cast members who played the original Ruttles to tell them about this. He made it completely independently of his own uh, volition. He didn't make any new... He made new footage with himself where he... Uh, so they use original footage plus new interviews in a mockumentary style interviewing um, real famous people talking about the Ruttles as if they were real people in the world. And then Eric Isle plays like the host of the documentary saying that he's revisiting the Ruttles after having made it in 1978. Um, but yeah, Eric Idle didn't tell any of the other original cast members. They, the original cast members did have like talking head interviews in the original film, but like none of that, like they don't have any new ones. Um, it also, as I say, yeah, when did this film come out? I don't know. It seems it might have come out in 2002, actually, originally, because that's what it says both on the YouTube video and on uh, the Wikipedia page. But I can't find anywhere what it was broadcast on. It's definitely a TV movie. It's an hour long. I can't find whether it was like broadcast on BBC or on NBC. I think it was on the BBC. I think I read somewhere saying the BBC. Um... I have not been able to find anywhere confirming actually what channel it was on. But then on IMDb, it says it was released on the 9th of November 2004. But then when you go to IMDb, that is quoting the Hungarian DVD release, which is the only release date that they have on IMDb for this movie. <laughs> the Hungarian DVD release date. I think this may be another case where we need to fix uh, Tom Hanks' IMDb. Fix the IMDb, podcast yeah. that reviews his IMDb to fixing it. Um... This is deeply suspicious. We'll, we'll yes, get to the bottom of this. Yes, it's very odd. Additionally, so yeah, it was... I believe it was broadcast in the UK, but it has yes. to have been broadcast in the States. Yeah. Because it was produced by Warner Bros. and Lorne Michaels, which explains mm. why a lot of the cast members are in this. So you yeah. have um, Jimmy Fallon appearing as a... Um, as a character and then mm. you have uh, a bunch of interviewees uh, including Steve Martin Billy Connolly uh, David Bowie um, fucking Salman Rushdie uh, Conan O'Brien <laughs> Gary Shandling Robbie Williams who also plays a character rather than interviewee uh, and Tom Hanks is an interviewee uh, there is Robbie also or Bill... Robin Williams 
Robin Williams. Sorry, not sorry. Robbie Williams. Robin Williams, the comedian, plays a character, not Robbie Williams from Take That. However, <laughs> that would have been way fucking funnier. Um, yeah, this this cast is, is insane. And there's also from the original, um, Bill Murray plays uh, a character, but that's, again, from original archive footage. Yeah, this is a really... It's very strange that he didn't... Mm-hmm. He, 20 years later made a sequel but it's not really a sequel because it's basically the same film with a few new interviews um and didn't like tell anyone else who was in it that he was doing it um having said that that, and he sorry he also keely used all the music which was made for the original one so the cast member uh neil innes who is uh plays one of the beatles and is a cast uh, is a musician in his own right um was one of the people who uh, played the original pieces and wrote all the music. And he and a bunch of other musicians toured as the Ruttles using this music until like five years ago. Mm. Um, So this was all his actual music, but then they just reused it for this other thing, but he was never told about it. It's really fucking weird. I don't know. Eric Arnold's a fucking weirdo. I don't know why he did this. It's really mean. And also, according to critics, like most critics hated it because it's basically the exact same thing, but like playing upon having a couple more modern uh, interviewees some of which work and some of which don't. Um, My, so, yeah. So, two it's things. Odd. One, uh, you know, as, as the great poet uh, Kanye Yeezy West uh, once said, uh, to paraphrase him at least, uh, Eric Idle really made you crawl for your ball there, Jamie. Uh, he definitely made you crawl for your ball. Uh, good work, all right? That was a really informative section. Often, let's be honest, we kind of shit these bits out. You did not. You put some hard work <laughs> in there. I thought that's really informative. Definitely better than my questions uh, a little bit earlier. Um, Thank you very much. Two, I know the We'll go into this bit later. I, I really actually, watching this made me want to watch the original one because I know the original one is really, really, really well-loved. Like, yeah. uh, I think Ringo Starr said, like, the original one is the most accurate, is the kind of most biting, accurate, and also heartfelt movie about the Beatles, um, which I, I, I kind of love. It's sort of about, I think the original one is much more about the kind of, like, fanboyish, like, the kind of fangirling, fanboyish obsession with the Beatles and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And the kind of cult of personality that develops around them. So it definitely made me want to watch that. And all I can assume is that there were enough American people who liked the original movie who and Lorne Michaels or, or, or more specifically maybe Lorne Michaels liked the movie enough that he was like why don't you just do a second you know we want to see more of that can you do more of that and rather than paying anyone they were just like sure why not let's do this it's um it's odd because even because we talked last week about whether or not we should review Actually, I guess this might not have ended up in the podcast, but um, we talked briefly about the film uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, in which uh, Tom Hanks appears in a cinema because they're watching um, <laughs> they're watching Sleepers in Seattle in the movie theatre, and I suggested that what should mean we should watch it, and you said, Al, we can watch it if you can get it on his bloody IMDb, so I'm still working on that, Jamie, I'm working okay, on trying good. to get that on IMDb. Thanks for getting that updated. Don't worry. Okay, I'm 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 moving some pieces around. I'm contacting my contacts in Hollywood to try and get this thing uh, moving forward. But uh, in that kind of situation, I just assume you'd have to license the movie, right? Like you're using yeah. the movie in the movie. You'd have to license that kind of thing. If you, if it is a sequel, do you have to license your own footage? Again, like, would you? Do you an actor? You understand a bit better than I 
about how this kind of works in terms of paying people. Yeah, but sure. But to use that footage, um, sure. But conceptually, like, to use this footage again, would you have to pay those actors some amount of money, although not obviously like the same as for new footage? I don't think so, because Eric Idle owned that footage. Like, he, he owns it. He can, I assume, do what he wants with it. I don't know. I, I don't know. If, but if... It, because, I would agree, but like, if I were to just show, so like, if you were to show the movie again on TV, those actors in theory would get residuals from the showing it on TV. So you'd assume they'd at least get residuals from the second. I guess thing, it would right? just depend on what the contract says. Does the contract sure. say like it? It, it comes down oh, to specific right, wording sure. of contract. Like, does sure. does the contract say you get residuals for showing of this film, or do you get contract uh, residuals for? Or like ownership over the footage in perpetuity. In perpetuity, sure. That that word. That word. I teach English. Um, it's fine. So of course, I, I think we can uh, all agree that uh, we are the best podcast that talks about contract law for actors out there. Yes, so, you know, of course. Well anyway, so yes, that is uh, the Rods Cut Two. Can't buy me lunch. Um, as I said, this is a mockumentary retelling the story of the Beatles. If you don't know the story of the Beatles, uh what the fuck's wrong with you? Uh, but yeah. that also means we're not really going to break this down like minute by minute, mainly because it doesn't follow a very like no. obvious plot structure. It's yeah. not really t- telling like a beginning, a middle and an end. It's just little sketch joke after little sketch joke. The interviewees, uh, what I would say is this is very similar, a precursor to something like Popstar Never Stop Stopping. Um, if you've seen something like that uh, or Never Stop, Never, never Stopping stop, never or whatever. Stopping. Yeah. It's never, never Stop, stop Never Stopping. Um, uh, then uh, you'll know what this this structure takes. The bits with Eric Idle are fine. Where so he <laughs> acts as an he acts as an interviewer who's claiming he is revisiting his his documentary that he made twenty years ago about the Ruttles. He is revisiting it and retelling that story, but he doesn't really seem to be adding anything new as that narrator. Yeah, so like it's kind of weird, right? It's it does feel like a music documentary. It is reminiscent of something like Popstar Never Stop Stopping, but with a lot less plots. I think a lot of modern music documentaries often have the format of, uh, you know, we've got this one big concert, either we've got this one big concert coming up and here's the lead up to that concert, which is something like Justin Bieber's um, Never Say Never, uh, or you have just kind of concert footage intercut with, like, talking heads with the band. And I, I assume to some extent that's, what the original was more like you know obviously had this kind of fake archival footage intermixed with more talking heads than this one has and other stuff uh and alongside the kind of talking heads from other people talking about the impact of that thing this one is more like we have steve martin um you know he has a banjo we have about 20 minutes of steve martin in a room let's just get him to say a bunch of funny stuff and cut it in together so it kind of generally the plot kind of goes you know, they form, they're kind of, the four of them, they go to America, they break it big. He's he's in yeah, Hollywood it, because this time around he's looking at the American, Im- their impact on America is the kind of... Yes, but like, if, if, you're, if you think that they are going to make any real pastiches on on uh, on the Beatles or veer away from the Beatles to make a point, they do not. This is really one for one exactly what happens with the Beatles but with puns basically so uh instead of um uh you can't uh, can't buy me love can't buy me lunch that's the name of the song and like um 
the the instead of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, it's Sergeant Rutter's. So they do they do make <laughs> there are jokes. Yeah, yeah things there like are, they the, do, uh, they do make jokes outside of that. But of when it comes to the retelling of the Beatles sure. story, it is one for one the Beatles story. They sure. they just I mean, track their career. So again, obviously, like we said, this is not really a plot heavy one, so we're not going to recount the plot. But there are, there's some good jokes include the tragical history tour. Uh, yes. which is is funny uh tom hanks so again tom hanks appears as a talking head in this and he talks about how i can't i think it was like the i want to hold your hands or something like that he was like uh you know when i heard it i was only eight but even i knew that i wanted to have sex or, or something to that yeah extent. you know the, yeah the, this uh, made people they... want to hold hands and have sex yes and they have running uh running jokes about like how it's very clearly the kids' butts, like like they just had great butts, and that's probably why they were famous. Everyone loved their butts. Um, there's a there's a big uh, sort of stark difference between some of these um, interviews. I think they sort of fall under two categories, which are um, we've got a comedian; they can mm-hmm. say funny things. Let's get them to say funny things. I imagine sure. some of that was probably uh, pretty heavily improvised, just working pretty loose, whatever. And then they've got some real people and the jokes are, let's get these these real serious people to say dumb shit. So that's the Salman Rushdie's, the David, uh, David Bowie's? Yes, David Bowie. Yeah, I forgot. I, for some reason I said that name and I was like, that's not his name, but it is his name. Uh, yeah, Salman Rushdie, David Bowie, uh, Jewel, who was a famous singer at the time. She's mm-hmm. not as famous nowadays, but um, yeah, the, the joke there is, oh, these incredibly serious people, people who are like actually famous and like, outside of comedy saying these um outlandish things about uh, about the russells they sort of mind salman rushdie for that quite a few times but it is funny every single time sure. to have salman I, rushdie just very seriously talking about uh yes my the thing. russells yeah we, we've uh, you mentioned salman rushdie and this time salman rushdie is a like appears in films and stuff and i don't really understand why he's in bridget jones too do you think it was either that people were like salman rushdie is a no like I think we've mentioned the podcast, you know, stuff about someone rushly having a fat world placed against him. Do you think it's just he was a recognisable enough face of high literature that people were like, we need Salman Rushdie? Or do you think it's that Salman Rushdie went to his agent and was like, dude, I really want to be in some films. Come on, we're gonna <laughs> milk, let's milk this bad boy. I think I, I think it's a, a little bit of both. I think it's inherently funny to get Salman Rushdie in your film. That That just naturally is funny. But also... If you hear that Salman Rushdie is willing to be in films, you're like, fuck yes. I don't care how we're implementing him. Let's get Salman Rushdie in our film. Let's make him talk about little boys' butts. They're not little boys. They're grown men. They're, they're, they're supposed to be like 18. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> uh, God, this is getting as bad as the Elvis thing again. Um, but yeah, so some of the comedians' uh, interviews work pretty well. Steve Martin is pretty funny throughout. Conan O'Brien is pretty funny throughout. I think Tom Hanks is really funny throughout. Oh. Tom, like, I think he's, he's the he's, best talking head, to be honest. Like, yeah, I, I absolutely. Really do like his like, he he just takes it. He t- he does what's needed here, which is takes it very sincerely, um, mm-hmm. and just talks about how much he loved uh, the Russells. And then there are a couple that don't uh, hit as well. Um, I, this isn't one of them that doesn't hit as well. But Billy Connolly also throughout is okay. Like he plays an antagonistic character, so every time it cuts to him, he talks about how he thinks the Russells are shit. Um, I think probably my least favorite of the, all of the cameos was Jimmy Fallon. I thought it didn't work at all. So throughout... Here's the thing. At this point, is this really a cameo? Because Jimmy Fallon obviously is on SNL all the time. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Like, 
he's meant to be playing the son of Eric Idle's character. Yes, that's the reveal at the very end. But throughout, he just plays someone who's dressed the same as Eric Idle and comes in and the joke is that he tries to interrupt and say his lines and say it's his documentary. And they do that like three times. I think the joke is meant to be like, like a lot with a lot of Beatles documentaries, like effectively it's just people covering the same thing over and over again and just in the exact same way. Like, you know, no one is mining new ground it's a little bit like uh 22 jump street does this well but sequels where the point of the sequel is how hard it is to do sequels well or just like how yeah. sequels are always worse so like 22 jump street is the kind of the best thing of that where I, th- I think it takes it to the kind of ridiculous extreme and then at the end destroys any possibility for there to be a 23 jump street but uh it, it, that's sort of the part of that you know what i don't normally like jimmy fallon but i kind of prefer him as an actor than i do his like hosting shtick because at least as a character thing i, I just don't know if i'm super funny but i really don't find his hosting stuff all that funny so it, it, it's better than that for me whoa whoa al calm down i know we're getting to spring and summer but what a hot take you don't think jimmy fallon is a, is a what you think jimmy fallon was better when he was on snl and you think he's a bit of a boring host oh oh such the spicy spicy takes out oh, oh jamie look in order of the three of us, of who I think is a good host, uh, you're the best. Uh, <laughs> then it's uh, then it's Jimmy Fallon, and then it's me. But you know, you have to know that I'm really self-loathing. So like, Jimmy Fallon's pretty down low. There. There's a big gap between you, and Jimmy Fallon. Um, uh, um, yeah. That, so the jokes of this do. I think the thing that we think lands really, really well are the mm. direct parodies of. Um, of the Beatles. The music holds up really well, but all of that is clearly from the original. But mm-hmm. like the parody yeah, the music, music is, is is like it's perfectly the style of the Beatles. It's also very clear when they are parodying a specific song. But yeah. also it's like it's almost you listen to it and it's garbled English. Like they are sometimes saying words, but they don't really make sense. But they sound like they make sense and they definitely sound like a Beatles song, which is mm. really impressive to do. That's like that's like a really to sound like it makes sense even though it doesn't. Um, is is really good, and then you know what? Like I'm I'm a sucker for a pun. Some of those some of those terrible song puns, they work for me. Shall we move on to uh, giving our like overall scores? Oh, Just because I, I yeah, I know I don't it's know early, but like yeah, there's there's not it's, like. I think I think basically we're we're reviewing the film anywhere at this point, so like there's just not that much plot. So like yeah, so obviously so for new listeners, uh, one great episode to start on. Uh, you know, maybe listen to another one as well. Please download all the rest <laughs> of the back catalogue. But uh, yeah, what we do is we break it down uh, into three sections with one binary choice at the end. Uh, so how good is the film out of five? How good is Tom Hanks's performance out of five? And how uh, how much of a dick is Tom Hanks on the Tom Hanks stick meter? And then we decide whether or not it goes in the Hanks bank. Um, so we've, I think we've been talking really about how good it is. For me, the stuff which I found funniest is the Python-esque stuff. So I really do like the movie's opening, um, which is basically just Eric Idle talking in front of the Hollywood sign. He's like, we, we did this documentary however long ago. And he's kind of walking down. And then the camera starts, starts to move faster, faster and faster. So he has to kind of run up to the camera. And then eventually the camera swings around to like look at this jogger. <laughs> and then he just follows this jogger. 
into her home, into the bathroom, and then she's like, what are you doing? When she realises it, she turns around in the bathroom, and Eric Idol's like, oh, well, we're here to interview you about the Ruttles. She's like, what the hell? And then it cuts to a police station, and she's standing there in the town talking to the police officer, and this guy, he's like, I'm just trying to make a documentary about the Ruttles. That, to me, is a really funny opening. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and I think the police officer goes, um, all right, tell me the story. And the other, well, it all started in 1961 when the Ruttles yeah. were... And yeah, yeah, the intro is really good. Um, I think I also... I'd like, as I say, I think some of those interviews work really well. Um, mm-hmm. I I've, I don't know if I've mentioned it on this podcast, but I love Popstar Never Stop, uh, Never Stopping. It's one of my favourite comedies of the last uh, 10, 15 years. And you can see that this is a clear inspiration on that. And, you know, to me, there is just something funny about seeing real celebrities just clearly doing really stupid shit and talking about mm. like a completely absurd situation and all of them and i i think conan o'brien talking about how he went and bought like uh like little girls trousers to try and squeeze into them to make his butt look be- uh, better in tight trousers like that there, there is a level of absurdity that i enjoy and i genuinely found myself laughing like genuinely at a lot of the jokes in this um I think what more disappointed me is learning the history of it that actually it's just this weird retooling yeah. and that Eric Idle didn't tell anyone and that clearly watching the original would have been a better experience Definitely. because without watching it watching it without knowing any of that stuff I don't I just go into it and watch it and think oh this is fun mm-hmm. it's great so it's it's disappointing to learn those sorts of things after yeah. the fact I I think even for me I I think the best credit I can give it is to say like it makes me genuinely want to go watch the original which is yeah. good. I think the issue with kind of them reusing archival footage or like their old footage is that they are shoehorning everything else around that. And therefore there's most, it's never really like the jokes can land between, <coughs> between the current day stuff and the, the what is meant to be archival footage, right? The, there are no jokes you can really make that line up between the two of them. Whereas yeah. if you were writing it, from the beginning, you're like, okay, well, we have these talking heads, da 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 and you can set up and punchline or you, one way or another between the two things, and I think that would make it incredibly fun. I'm sure that's what happens in the thing, right? Like, there is probably a slightly more of a narrative because it is actually exploring the Beatles thing rather than this, which is kind of... What it is most reminiscent of is if you've ever seen uh, on Channel 5 as a kid the kind of when they used to do the kind of top 100 like comedy episodes or something like that and they'd have comedians come in they'd be sitting in a chair or an armchair somewhere and then they'd be like hey do you know this episode of the simpsons and the comedian would be like yeah i love that episode of the simpsons and then they'd explain the plot and they'd have clips and stuff that's what it feels like documentary wise it's not not hugely exciting it doesn't interact with stuff you know in those kind of things you can kind of have a joke here and there can be a joke in the video but those jokes can never interact in a way that you'd really want um I've never actually asked you this. Obviously, you're a comedy fan. How are you a Python guy? Are you not a Python guy? Um, I've obviously watched. I've watched all of the Python movies, mm-hmm. um, uh, and I and I love, love, love them. Uh, I've never gone through and what I've seen uh, a Python sketches, but I've never gone through and watched uh, the Python TV show like fully to completion or anything like that. But what I was going to say uh, with regards to that is, I think considering a lot of what we've done um we've looked when we've been watching comedies especially comedies from 10 to 30 years ago uh is how poorly comedy can age mm-hmm. and i think monty python proves that that doesn't have to be the case that comedy from the 80s 
doesn't have to age poorly, and yeah. that that sort. Of, I I I struggle. No, to, I, I agree. I struggle to decide whether that makes the comedy that hasn't aged well like worse worse than just the fact it hasn't aged well. What? What I find interesting is, so a, a couple last year, actually this summer last year, uh, my partner, Alyssa and I went to go see, my partner, you know, Alyssa, uh, Alyssa and I went to who? go see uh, Sorry, The Life of... Uh, Key? Uh, uh, Marquio, my boyfriend. Um, no, <laughs> Alyssa uh, went to go see Life of Brian, and Alyssa hadn't seen Life of Brian before. We went to see it at the cinema in, uh, like, I think it was like an Austin, out of my draft house or something. And I was watching it, and like, there are jokes in there which... which the setup for feels dated, right? There, you know, there, there are characters. There's a lot of drag, all that kind of stuff. There's yeah, a character who's decided that she wants to be referred to as a woman. And I was watching this. I was thinking, I don't. This isn't that. I, I don't. You know, it's not far off. The, the characters treat the character with respect. So even when there is like a potential for this to be a dodgy show, because if you think about something like Scary Movie, which really loved at the time, but you look back at today, you're like, some of the stuff, and this is definitely uncomfortable now python has stuff that could have gone down that way but because i think quite often they 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 always invest in the world in the thing even if it might not be funny in the same way it was funny in the 80s it still works as a joke today in a way which doesn't make you uncomfortable so and I, and I do think that's something really impressive and i think that's true here right like there's nothing it's a it is funny it does still hold up Having said that, I think there was one slightly off-colour joke uh, with regards to their manager. So the uh, Brian Epstein, yeah. who uh, yeah. who uh, is is was is he was. is he dead? Is he dead? Uh, I think Brian Epstein's dead. Is Brian? I feel like, I feel like Brian Epstein's dead. Either way, uh, if if when he was alive or as he is alive, uh, Brian mm-hmm. uh, Epstein either is or was gay. Um, and so they reference that and then make yeah. allusions to that, like tying that to like paedophilia or like like with young boys, which that, that joke just doesn't hold up. And that is unfortunate, but that is very much few and far between when it comes to Monty Python jokes. Yeah. Uh, Epstein died in 67. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, very well and truly dead. <laughs> Substan- in, in terms of the pantheon of dead people, uh, substantially dead. Yeah, that bit. Uh, no, I agree. That bit felt a bit crap. But um, but like but like for the most part, uh, like it, th- yeah, that that's that's one joke within within hundreds within a film, and I think considering other things we've watched, where yeah, they've they've yeah, just aged yeah. much poorly. But so does that make? Because I I'm always willing to accept that mm. things made at a different time are going to have different standards for what was acceptable, and therefore there may be jokes that by today's standards wouldn't be acceptable and therefore aren't funny um but and i've always sort of given that forgiveness but does the fact that there is comedy that ages particularly well from those ages does that discredit that fact i don't know i i think what it i think really what it comes down to is like a couple things because obviously you know people put on shakespeare today and, and as a kid you're in school and you're reading shakespearean comedies and you don't really find it that funny and yet go to the globe and watch production of uh, a midsummer night dream and in a good production of it you will laugh like even though the fact this was written over 500 years ago i think some of that is down to the fact that like in terms of like the, the sheer joke aspect of it so much of that is based on like the the culture in which is created and the culture in which it receives and in terms of like a play that's easy enough to fix right because you can 
you because you are delivering it solely for the con the culture in which it's received you can change aspects of the tone you can change aspects of the depict the setup for the joke that it still works and i think that's why something like python works is because for the most part it is it is presented in a ridiculous setup the setup is always ridiculous in python it's heightened it's ridic you know it's crazy it's kind of madcap all that kind of stuff whereas something like uh volunteers which is aged kind of poorly the setup is very oh, specific no. what are you talking about amazing sure. film it's but, my favorite setup, racist film of 1987 the setup for it a like a film can't change the culture in which it was created like a, a film is a fixed document and you can't change that it, it, you know it's ultimately it is going to age and jokes in it are going to age poorly oh. because they are oh you you talk to george lucas you can absolutely change a film you made 20 years ago you know what you know what you are absolutely right uh tom hanks should pay uh inexorbitant <laughs> amounts of money to go back and re-edit uh, his old films to make sure he always looks perfect but um and that's what i think remakes are good but but a film is always going to be exist telling jokes to a culture that no longer exists and i think therefore if your setup, if the world in which the joke is based is ridiculous, I think that probably ages better than ones in which, like, there are semi-realistic aspects of it. So something like Volunteers, like, the Peace Corps did exist, right? The characters in it are ridiculous, sure, which makes some of the depiction of Asian characters in that film, you know, comparatively in the world, kind of less bad. But in reality, this was a this is a real thing. And, you know, it's a real thing that still happens. So that, that feels kind of uncomfortable i guess it comes from a, a fact that most of the films where you're watching a a film rather if i'm calling it a film whereas mm. obviously the monty python stuff they do make films but sure. it's much well, it's more sketch com it, and sure. tv shows but like it's much more sketch based even their films mm -hmm. are sketchy in their um yeah uh, in their makeup when you're watching a film a lot of the comedy will come from situational rather uh it, it, yeah. so that situation is always as you say going to be based on the culture whereas things like um monty python even in their films they are just essentially writing jokes and a yeah. joke that is just set up punchline or set up yeah. execution just lasts longer and unless of course that and i'm not saying that all sketch or, or stand-up uh survives uh, well, uh, Eddie Murphy can be uh, a fantastic uh, testament to sure. that. Um, but yeah, I think just the fact that a simple joke structure and mm. the um, why we find things funny are much more obvious in something like a Monty Python yeah. than a volunteers or a well, uh, fucking uh, what bachelor party or whatever. Sure, where definitely. a lot, it's a lot less jokes. It's just situationally yeah. funny mm. things. And I think it's also to do with the fact of like how much does the thing play with the line? Like, something like Bachelor Party is actually, if anything, most, you know, it's grosser, right? It's meant to make you uncomfortable. It's meant to play with the line. And, like, the humour comes from it, like, that interaction with, like, taste. Yeah. And the issue is, when the kind of, you can create that, you can create it, for, you know, at a time where, like, some of those bits were better, blah, blah, blah. You know, Eddie Murphy's comedy is the, probably the best one for this, right? Lots of people obviously didn't find that funny, but, like, at the time, a wider culture wasn't accepting of, uh, for instance, gay people suffering the AIDS crisis and therefore would find some of his, like, more awful bits funny. Whereas today, you know, the line has changed. We, we yeah. hopefully, society have grown, and therefore, when we hear those bits, we're now like, that's. That makes us too uncomfortable. The, the the way you've played with that line, the line is now, your line was here, but our line is here, and therefore you have, you're way past it. 
And the line is that... a dat to you. What's that yeah. a quote from, Al? Come on. Oh, Pop quiz. Oh, the line is a dot to you. Oh, I know this film. We watched it a couple weeks ago, didn't we? I don't no. know. <laughs> I've forgotten myself. That's why. Oh, oh, it's fucking Friends. It's Friends. Oh, right. It's Joey. Yes, yes. Joey from Friends. Jesus sure. Christ. Um, I, I, I like how I presented that as a quiz for you, but I yeah. just wanted the answer myself. Um, also, Al, finally, yeah. I mean, we, we should, we should uh, get, get to our rankings, but finally we have become the show I wanted us to always be. A yes. show that spends 20 minutes analysing comedy. Yes! Come oh, to it's... my side, Alexandra. Well, We're it's... insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> nightmare. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think it's one of those things. But I just think because of that, you have to, for the most part, go into comedy or older comedy with that in mind, right? Like, yeah. even if it's something you love, like tie your don't try and tie yourself super closely to comedy like you can love it it can be brilliant it can be you know genuinely changing but understand that like of every sad things will always be sad right like Schindler's List is always going to be a sad movie there's never going to be a day where one's what someone watched Schindler's List and is like that's in bad taste you know all all which show the holocaust that's in bad taste whereas you know films about films which play with the line um are always it's going to age there was um yeah. there's a very good Lindsay Ellis uh, video, I think, which is about Mel Brooks and just like the films of Mel Brooks, right? Where she kind of talks about how, like, I, th- I think a lot of people today are like, oh, you couldn't make a Mel Brooks film today. She says, actually, you can make a Mel Brooks film today, but only if you're Mel Brooks, right? His jokes are, you know, where look where his jokes punch. Do they punch down or do they punch up? And that kind of thing. And I think that is part of it. It is that humor, which is punching at people, is always going to age. Might be fun. And hey, like, as someone who does this podcast, I've done. And I, I think I've said this often, but like I've made loads of jokes and not happy. I like I've made jokes about like Jay like Jay Goody like sometimes, which I <laughs> Why do you to keep this day it up? <laughs> I am like I well because I think about it a lot. Like that was a punching down joke. She's dead, right? So the only people I am punching <laughs> there, are there her is family. no further there is no further <laughs> down you can punch. Yeah, the people I am punching there are her family, and like that makes me uncomfortable when I think about that. That it, that will age even more poorly the further away from her death we get. Like. Whereas jokes which punch up, or, or which don't punch at all, I think will age better. Now, where where will that put... Um, what, what I need to happen, Al, is for you uh, to become wildly successful, so that all the jokes I've made about you on this podcast can seem like I'm punching up rather than punching down. Tell you, uh, we'll get there, Jamie, don't we? We'll get there. Uh, right, so um, let's let's uh, give uh, our numbers sure. uh, for this film. I, I think... I'm going to give this a solid three. I did enjoy it. I, I enjoyed watching it. I found it funny. Um, I think anyone who has any decent... My parents, like, I watched it with my parents and they, they particularly like it liked it mm-hmm. because they knew more about the Beatles than I do. So I think anyone who has a decent passing knowledge of, uh, of the Beatles will probably enjoy this. But having said that, probably see if you can watch the original one. Like, I, I, there, there doesn't seem to be much reason to me having looked at and, and studied uh, what... Uh, the history of, of both films. It seems all you need is cash that the original was probably better and is particularly well liked. I haven't seen it, but I can only imagine that it's uh, that it's better than this. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to give it a, a three. What are you going to give it? I, I will... Yeah, I think it's the exact same thing, right? Three, uh, three, but saying go watch the original because I want to go watch the original, right? Like, if you watch this, you will think that's fine. But I hear the first one's so good, i got to go watch the first one. And I think that just, yeah, I think is what you should do. Yeah. Um... 
Tom Hanks' performance. I, uh, as we've sort of alluded to, I, I love Tom Hanks' performance in this. I just love, I, I think, obviously less so on this podcast because we, we talk about him all the fucking time. But I think in the wider culture, he is still underappreciated as just how good he is comedically. He has a very natural, inherent understanding of what makes good comedic timing and what and and especially what each role that he plays mm. requires. So I think he's particularly good in this where he recognizes his role as I'm playing Tom Hanks. Oh, by the way, we haven't talked about it. He's playing Tom Hanks, but he's playing Tom Hanks with a fucking terrible mustache. Oh, no, no. Awful. I was thinking about I was going to bring this up. I was going to bring this up. I think that means this was filmed during or around the shooting of um Road to Perdition. Which would probably what? put it at 2002, because he has a moustache yes. and ready position. That's about the only thing he had. So I, I have to assume it's around the time. Yes, that, that makes sense. And that probably pots it at that, that 2002 uh, release, rather than the Hungarian DVD release in 2004. Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, ter- terrible moustache notwithstanding. He recognises, okay, here I am playing Tom Hanks. So the comedy of this is me being me and me saying heightened and ridiculous things. So I need to commit. Everyone needs to believe that me, Tom Hanks, fucking loves the Ruttles. And that's where the comedy comes from. And he commits to that. And when he needs to do other comedic things, he commits to those. And I think I think that is something that, um, especially people of our age who didn't watch him in his comedies, knew him mostly from his 90s stuff, um, didn't quite appreciate. He, he is a very natural comedic talent. And I have always said, I love to see when he gets to flex that. Uh, so I'm going to give him a five in this. I think he does exactly what's necessary of uh, of him in this role. Um, yeah, I think it's a really good cameo. I think this... We're very sadly about to come up on uh, Tom Hanks as uh, an action star era, um, <laughs> which is my least favourite era of Tom Hanks, namely the Da Vinci Code movies. Um, yeah, not looking forward to those. But, uh, <laughs> which he is neither funny uh, nor is he particularly an action star. Uh, but sure, great. Um yeah, I think this is good. It's funny. I'm going to give him four stars. Like, I don't... I, I think for me, it's not, like, transcendent, but it is very funny. Fair enough. And the Tom Hanks dick meter. This is... This is tough. What are your thoughts? I can't... Oh. I can't decide. Uh, minus two. Uh, you know, I, I, I think he's a net positive good force. I think this is the first negative I've given in a, a long time. But, you know, he's, he's just moustache Hanks. I didn't give him any higher than a minus... Or lower than a minus two because of the moustache. That, of course, gives him three evil points. But uh, yeah, uh, I would like to say that uh, you did actually give him a minus two in uh, Freedom History of Us when he was playing uh, War Heroes. So that makes sense. Uh, and Abraham Lincoln. Um, <laughs> so, you know, this this character and Abraham Lincoln are on the same moral grounding for you, Alexander. Um, but uh, no, it's then all the way back to Forrest Gump. So you 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 think he has been generally net pos- net negative dickish uh, <laughs> since. To 1994. Um, uh, I I'm I'm gonna give him a zero. Uh, I think um, I think that he is. Uh, I enjoy someone who is uh, sincerely passionate about something. Uh, that passion is is good, but I I can't give him a net uh, negative because I do believe that uh, the deification of bands like the Beatles is fucking awful and I hate it. <laughs> um, and I think that uh, he in this imaginary scenario of uh, the deification of the Ruttles uh, only helps contribute to that. Uh, so I'm going to give him a strong zero. Um, I don't think he's a net, uh, negative or positive. Um, and is this going in your hacks bank? 
Uh, no. No, I, I like... I think after I watched it yesterday, I think I was considering putting it in it. And in doing the research and then in also in just discussing it today, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it just... I, I just... Something about it doesn't quite resonate with me as much as I thought it did. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't think it's good. I think... Uh, I think even if you can't find the original, uh, this is a good watch and and is a is fun. It's like an hour long. Just chuck it on uh, on on a Sunday afternoon like I did, and I think you'll have a fun time. Um, but yeah, it's disappointing to learn that it's just it's not as authentic as it seemed uh, originally. Um, so when we don't put things in our Hanks bank, we must decide what's going to save humanity this week. Obviously, the aliens are planning on killing us if we don't prove our worth to them. Don't worry about it. You'll learn about it in another episode. Um, but to satiate them for one more week, we must present them with something if we are not going to present them with the Russells too. Can't buy me lunch. So, Alexander, what will you be presenting to the aliens this week? Um, I think I may be jumping in on your uh, noise. So apologies for doing this. Uh, it's going to be one of my top three comedies of the last definitely six years seven years uh it's gonna be a uh, pop star never stop never stopping um i man i love that you the first person to show me that film uh, i think it was on a night where i basically we went over played some video games and i drank a lot and i was like this movie is great um yes. and it, it is really good we actually went to go see it in the cinema uh not too long ago when we first came to vancouver i was looking at movies and they had like a seven dollar showing of it at a proper movie theater i went to go see it and i was like this film is so good. I've watched it maybe five times since, like, I watched it with you. It is genuinely one of my favourite comedies. It was, it is really, really underrated. It's one of those films which I think comedy people really love. Whenever it gets mentioned, comedy people are always like, that film is great. And it is really good. So it's on Netflix. So if you have access to it, go and watch that film. You will enjoy it. It is really funny. It is, it tells... As someone who has watched the Justin Bieber documentary two or three times... Oh, Jesus my, Christ, Al. <laughs> Hey, hey! As it turns out, uh, having a uh, girlfriend who really likes Justin Bieber means eventually I end up watching that documentary a couple of times. But um, it is a really good parody of that, and it is in itself like genuinely hilarious. The music's really funny. Some of the songs I like. I, I when I'm going to sleep, sometimes I sing like Mona Lisa out loud just to like <laughs> Alyssa. Sometimes, <laughs> like when I'm trying to give like a backhanded compliment, I'm like Mona Lisa. You're an overrated piece of shit. Wow, I can't sing today, um, <laughs> and I but, can't uh, sing ever. So, but uh, yeah, it's just it's a really funny movie. Andy Samberg in a in a just world, Andy Samberg would be a bigger movie star than he is. Um, like Brooklyn Nine Nine's great but I wish he was in more films um, and like more really quality films. Cause this is great. Like, I, I don't know. I love it. So yeah, let's go. My Hanks bank. What about you? Oh fuck. I've had all that time to think and I can't come up with anything. <laughs> I have nothing Al. I'm, I'm looking, ar- I've got to the point where I'm looking around the right, room for right. inspiration. Can I, can I pitch you a couple? Right, okay. Yes, yes, couple. absolutely. You can. Uh, one, uh, of course, uh, Tom Hanks ghost. Uh, nope. Two, Granny Jones. I know we mentioned earlier today, but sure. Uh, and three, uh, Date Nights, the concept of Date Nights. You know, that's a thing that's coming up to you, so you maybe you like that. Uh, four, the Justin Bieber documentary. It's quite a good documentary. I'd recommend everyone watch it. Uh, five, uh, you know, you could just say the NHS for the fifth time. <laughs> yeah, but you're just <laughs> constantly taking the nurses out of their job and presenting them to the aliens. No, you have inspired me. Um, I'm going to put my girlfriend Ellen in this week. 
<laughs> um, uh, because uh, I think she deserves it. She's she's helping uh-huh. me greatly through this uh, this uh-huh. quarantine. Uh, she's keeping me sane. Uh, and as co-writer of uh, the fantastic song "Click Save." Uh, mm. I think she has contributed to arguably the best thing I've ever done. Um, uh, so, can we, can we make sure that in the uh, the little episode description this week, we both credit myself for my songwriting abilities on Hey Jamie, but also make sure we give Ellen some credit on uh, for the <laughs> yes, production yes, okay. of I, uh, Save. I I will give her the proper accreditation. I'll give her an IMDb credit for it. Um, so yes. Uh, those are things that are going to save uh, humanity this week. Uh, until next week, when we're going to be reviewing Cars, which uh, for anyone who has Disney Plus, you'll be able to find it on there. Um, he, we're going into a run of uh, a very interesting movies. We've got Cars, and then Da Vinci Code, and then The Simpsons movie, and then Charlie Wilson's War. So we're going to really be flipping tonally week on week. Um, do, you, do you get paid by? Disney Plus, because you mentioned them like the last five weeks episodes in a row. I know, but I have been enjoying Disney Plus. I've been watching all the backlog of The Simpsons while I go to sleep. Oh, it's man. great. You know what's really sad? Uh, I started watching The Simpsons and I'm like, I, I need to wait for them to put it back in the like proper format because I really hate the formatting of it. Like it's, it's... Ah, see, that's why I watch it while I go to sleep. <laughs> I'm yes, just yes. listening to it. I just get the pure auditory uh, Simpsons experience. Um... Yes, so uh, please watch Cars before next week uh, if you want to. Uh, I'm very excited to revisit uh, a film. I'm sure I think I actually quite enjoyed when I first watched it as a child. Toot toot. Uh, Toot toot, okay. Um, (laughs) Sorry, sorry, dear listeners. I got thrown off by Al holding up his hands ready to do uh, a a toot toot motion and being very confused by what he was doing. Um, so yeah, what's that? Uh, follow us at all of the places. You can follow us at HanksMikePod, at Jamie P. Lockson, at Al underscore C's underscore stuff. I've genuinely forgotten whether I've done that already because I know I've said those words recently, but I can't tell whether that was in the last episode I, or I in this episode. I think it was in the last episode. Don't okay, worry. great. Episode. I'm going insane. I'm still really, really anxious about the song that I sung an hour ago because I think it was terrible. Oh, um, that was funny. So I'm going to I'm gonna absolutely hate editing this episode. Uh, so maybe, maybe, Al, this would be a great time for you to not click save <laughs> and <laughs> save me the embarrassment of having to listen to that again. Uh, but from me, Jamie, and my co-host, Al, that's one more ep in the bank. Can't buy me lunch. Can't buy me lunch. Yeah. Beatles. Ooh, yeah. Jamie hates the Beatles. What's up with that? I don't know. Bye. (laughs)